0: Hello, just before we start today's show, um, my guest today mentions weight a couple of times, sizes of her body changing from X to X and a few weight loss products. So if that's going to be triggering for you, feel free to skip this episode and come back to the next one. Money. Welcome to the Fustel Fit Podcast with your host Nicola Fustel. Straight talking, body positive coach and personal trainer. Nicola brings you your weekly guide to finding real health and fitness and to live the life you deserve. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to the Feastle Fit Health and Fitness Show. I am your host, Nicola Feastle, and today my special guest is called Jess Ryder. So I've been looking at Jess Ryder's posts for a while now. She's a positive person. She helps people with uh, feeling more positive. She inspires people to feel good in their bodies. She is also a global body image movement global ambassador, as am I, and our role is to... Promote the Embrace movie and body positivity. Um, and Jess just goes above and beyond what you need to be doing, and she's just so passionate about it. And so I really wanted to get her on the show and find out why she is so passionate about it, what her story is, and tell us a bit more about the work she's doing. Now, I always enjoy all of my interviews, and I find that I benefit from the people's experience because we've all suffered or recovered or are going through different things at different times and we're all on different journeys and experiencing things in different ways and so I really love listening to other people and finding out what their experience is and learning something for myself and being a platform that can put the words out there and other people can listen and then hopefully get the benefit of it as well. Many of you know I talk about mental health a lot and one thing that I've always suffered with is anxiety and one of those things is social anxiety and public speaking Believe it or not, so obviously I do podcasts, I do live radio show, and i am in front of groups of people every day teaching fitness but i'm when I teach fitness, I'm standing there with a hat on i I wear my professional hat, I know what I have to say, I know when I need to say it, and I am comfortable that I am able to come out and be myself more and say other things and do other stuff and just make the class my own because I've been doing it for a while now, but the very first time I did those classes. I was very, very nervous, worried about what everyone was thinking. Everybody's looking at me. And it's, um, it's a vulnerable place to be, standing up in front of people. And even though through the radio, I'm sitting there in a box, mainly by myself, talking to the world, pretending nobody's listening, I still feel like I'm in a vulnerable position because I'm putting my words out there, my opinions, my thoughts, my beliefs, and I could be open to attack at any time. So it does make me a little bit nervous every week but I like to get out of my comfort zone and eventually it will become my comfort zone and then I'll look for something else. And I have to say having not done a podcast for a few weeks I wasn't inspired to speak to anybody, didn't have any inspiring questions and I just generally felt not confident speaking to people over Skype for some reason. I just wasn't inspired to do it and so I thought don't do it, there's no pressure. I don't do this for a job, I do this for fun. I do it because I like getting out of my comfort zone, but I don't have to do that all the time. If I want to feel comfortable and not speak to anybody for a few weeks, then that's fine. I will do that. And Jess was the perfect guest to have on today. And I felt really comfortable talking to her. And our conversation just flowed, uh, especially at the end, which you won't hear because it wasn't recorded. But I just really enjoyed speaking to her. And she's mentioned that she enjoys my podcast, which is one of those things where you always have those self-doubt moments and I always think like I do with the radio I'm putting all this information out there but no one's really listening to it I'm tricking myself really or thinking that I'm not good enough and no one will want to listen to me I do the same thing with my podcast and I think well at the end of the day it's not a job I do it because I want to I don't make any money from it and in fact I probably spend money on it on my headset and time and everything else but it's something that I enjoy and I want to do So it was really nice even just hearing from Jess that she enjoyed my podcasts and she is listening to them all. So thank you, Jess. And without further ado, here she is. So my name
1: is Jess Ryder and I have become known as a super host or a super fan of um, the Australian documentary Embrace and um, I support the the body image movement and um, I've recently become a global ambassador as well to support... um, Spreading the message of embrace.
0: And so, where where do you live in the world?
1: Okay, so I live in a town called Toowoomba, which is in Queensland, in Australia. And Toowoomba is located uh, 145 kilometres west of Brisbane. So we're inland, uh, sort of heading up into the ranges a bit. Mm
0: -hmm. What's life like over there? Uh, Toowoomba like a big
1: country town it's um it's pretty chilled pretty relaxed um years ago um i grew up here and uh years ago everyone always said oh toowoomba sucks you know it's boring there's nothing to do um i'm i'm a very worldly person and i've um lived in some of the biggest cities in the world but um toowoomba has always um brought me back so as an adult i always say toowoomba sucks it um You back in, Mm -hmm. Um, and we've we've got a lot of developments and um, evolutions um, happening here, so it's becoming quite an amazing city now.
0: So, what's life like in Toowoomba in terms of like media and how do people feel about their bodies?
1: Toowoomba has a really big body image issue um, uh, in the community. Every second corner seems to be a new gym or a boot camp popping up and um, we're severely saturated with um, uh, products like Isagenix and Herbalife and um, I'm not sure if you guys have it over there but it's called It Works which is a, a crazy rap thing and everyone is wanting to get on clean eating, paleo, mm-hmm. um, uh, cleansers. Uh, it, it, we really are um, uh, quite a body-conscious community.
0: It's so pretty um, much the same as here then.
1: A, Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's um, really quite crazy. Um, and it's quite sad that people are so focused on it, mm-hmm. rather than getting out and enjoying life. Their, their thoughts and um, uh, space in their mind is taken up constantly thinking about what they're going to eat or how they look and uh, been uh, affected by the media as well so So that's why it was so important to me to bring in breaks
0: so what was your experience like growing up in that area and how did you first feel about your body as you were growing up when did you first notice that you felt negative
1: i think i was actually probably fairly lucky growing up i wasn't too self-conscious i i don't really remember Being too conscious about my body image, probably till I started to hit about 15 or 16. Um, I was thinking the other day, I remember one day, I thought I would try um, taking a a container of lettuce for lunch. Um, But my hunger pains took over me too much and uh, I never did that again. Um, But it wasn't probably until my late 20s was when my body image issues really hit. And uh, when I really sort of grew up and started to enter the professional world and being conscious of what people saw saw and uh, what I looked like when I went to work versus prior to that I did school, I was an exchange student and uh, then I was a backpacker so it was more about how much you could drink um, rather than worrying about um, how you looked at the time. So. And what do
0: you do in that for a living? What do you do uh, at the game?
1: moment, I work um, for a construction company. Um, we're, we're quite a big company across Queensland, so we build uh, aged care facilities and um, schools. Um, but that's just to pay my mortgage. Mm-hmm.
0: So the job that you do doesn't affect you in your body image or anything like that.
1: No, not really. I, I'm I'm very much tied to a desk all day. I'm um, Uh, I work with a lot of guys, uh, so um, we really don't have, um, I suppose, what you would experience if it was was a a very female-dominated industry, worrying about how I looked, uh, what I ate or Mm -hmm. uh, what designer label I was fitting into. Um, I'm quite lucky in the fact that I quite comfortably just wear trousers and a a T-shirt to work. It's it's not um, who's looking the best and who's looking the slimmest. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not to say, you know, sitting down all day um, and munching away at, say, a, the odd biscuit or a chocolate bar um, or having had too much for lunch, you, you, you do still have those frumpy days and feel um, uncomfortable in your skin.
0: So what brought you to Embrace? <laughs> embrace
1: found me. Uh, back in May last year, This random film clip popped up on my news feed on Facebook and I clicked on it and watched it and I sat on my bed and I had tears streaming down my face because here was a woman making a movie and putting a voice to everything that I had thought about myself but had never been brave enough to actually say out loud. And um, I I thought, well, what is this movie and um, how can I see it? So I I Googled it and it turned out that it was premiering at the Sydney Film Festival in June last year. And um, when I looked at the date, I, I couldn't believe it. I was already planning a long weekend to go to Sydney that weekend and I was going to be able to have that possibility to see the film. So we bought tickets and went along and I didn't really do a lot of reading or research about Tar and Brumspin or Embrace. I just went along knowing that I needed to see this film. And the film started and within the first 30 seconds my eyes just welled up. Um, I just couldn't believe how amazing this message was that this film was sharing um, and how much I could relate to it and... Suddenly I realized that I wasn't alone, that there were so many other people out there that actually felt and thought the same way about their bodies that I did. And uh, I held off those tears right until the last probably 30 seconds of the film when they just flooded. And um, it was at that moment after uh, the credits rolled, I I turned to my friends and I said, I just have to get this film to Toowoomba. I have to get it to the people in our community because it's such an amazing message. Mm -hmm.
0: So are you so a mum as that's well? How i it. Sorry. Are you a mum as well? No. Um,
1: I'm actually um don't have children. Um, so I, I don't have that um pressures of um being an example to my children of how I look and feel. But I still take on the responsibility, and I'm really conscious now, having discovered embrace, of thinking more carefully about what I say to people mm-hmm. and uh, how I greet people um, instead of say, making comments about how they look, which is how we're ultimately brought up listening to our parents when they greet someone and say, oh, you look good, or you've lost weight, uh, whereas I'm very conscious not to say that now and I'm conscious about presenting a, um, an example to other people so that we don't focus on how we look. Um, When we see our friends and family that we haven't seen for a long time, but focus on how we feel and how they're feeling
0: -hmm. So if you could take us back to a day before you watch the Embrace movie and Like that moment where Taryn is standing in the mirror facing her demons not wanting to go out with her husband because she hates her body What kind of things would you say to yourself? How did you feel?
1: For me, I always felt I'm I'm quite a um, a bigger framed person to begin with. So, you know, I'm I'm just short at six foot tall and I'm quite broad. So, whenever I looked at myself, all I ever longed was to be a petite girl, someone that was small. Um, I always longed to have uh, skinnier thighs, and um, I, I remember even. Back when I was 15, I remember once, before the term was even invented, wanted to have a thigh gap. I wanted to be able to stand and not have my legs touch each other when my feet were together. And um, all I wanted to be was just beautiful. I didn't think that I was pretty or attractive. Um, I've got quite curly hair, so I grew up, um, always being teased about having frizzy hair. And I just... Wanted to have the perfect body that we see in the magazines. I did not think I was beautiful, mm-hmm. and that—that um, that was how I often thought about myself um, before we break.
0: What was your family like? Life like though, like how did you, your parents bring you up to feel about the way that you looked?
1: Um. My mother, I do always very consciously remember every morning or every week seeing her step on the scale um, and I always um, remember her, um, she was a beautician so she always focused on putting her face on, always making sure that her makeup was immaculate and her hair was immaculate to draw the attention upwards because she herself didn't like her, her thighs or her wobbly bottom. Um, or her flabby tummy. And um, so I do always remember um, uh, being brought up also with having always the diet products in our house, you know, always having diet yoghurt, diet coke, um, equal or NutraSweet, which are artificial sweeteners. Um, It was never full fat. It was always margarines or no salt. Um, So I always... Thought that the the full fat foods and that were always bad for you and that um, that they weren't the right things to eat. So when they were ever presented as an opportunity, that was exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, I I do also remember when my younger sister, um, where she's eighteen months younger than me, when I was twelve and she would have been about ten. she was struggling with her weight, and I remember my mother taking her off to Weight Watchers. And mm. as a result, the whole family followed the Weight Watchers program um, through um, uh, support. And because if one person was doing it, and mum was the one that ran the household and ran the food and the groceries, so we all followed the program. Mm-hmm. So from a very early age, dieting was um, very much in our family.
0: So what was your relationship with food and dieting after that point? When my sister was at Weight Watchers, I remember
1: not feeling um, fat or anything like that. And when it came to the measuring of foods and that sort of thing, uh, um, I remember always saying, no, just give me more. I want more. I don't want to be restricted to my teaspoon of peanut butter or whatever it yeah. was. Um but as I got older, I, um, particularly when I hit my 20s, I became very conscious that I was um, a big eater. Um, I always remember at the dinner table, I would always be served almost probably the same amount of food on my dinner plate as what my father would be served. And always remember hearing my mother or my father say, oh, no, Jessica, you eat as much as your father does. Um, You've um, got legs that, like tree trunks. And oh, wow. um, I, I became very conscious um, in my 20s um, of how much I ate or portion sizes, I think, when I started to be more conscious of people outside of the family unit and how much they ate. Um, so I guess even today I still sometimes question whether my servings are normal or not. But, um, but I guess that also comes from the, um, the brainwashing of having been a calorie counter or a Weight watch member as well.
0: Yeah, and also what society tells us is a portion and you can't really have yeah. somebody tell you what you how hungry you are today compared to tomorrow, compared to yesterday.
1: Yes, absolutely right. We we're always told, you know, um, a serving of protein is 150 grams or, you know, you need to have three serves of vegetables and, you know, two serves of fruit and uh, we're always conscious of the the portions and that sort of thing rather than more learning to listen to what our bodies want and, you know, looking at that portion and eating it and being mindful of our eating and going, well, no, I don't need to eat my full portion or my full serving. I don't need it. My body is saying it's full. Um, and uh, I guess also being brought up in a, a family where it was always you have to eat everything on your plate is another one. So even when your body is starting to have those signals go to your mind to say, hey, I'm full, stop eating um, being told that you have to eat all your food or you can't leave the table um, is also a, another um, uh, conditioning that happens as we grow up.
0: It's crazy all of the things that happen when we're so young you don't even realise the impact that it has on you as an adult.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's Even if you like reflect back to um, when you watch a mother feeding a toddler and after a, you know, a couple of mouthfuls and the toddler starts pushing the spoon away, um and as a parent a parent would or a mother would be saying well no you need to finish this dish you need to eat it all Mm -hmm. Uh, um but the toddler is pushing the food away not to be obnoxious or a pain but because obviously they're full and they don't need any more food yeah um and they can't communicate that
0: so do you think your upbringing was one of the first steps to leading you to feel negative about your body
1: You know, I don't know the actual pinpoint in time of when I started to feel negative about my body. Um, I really think it probably happened very much when I had returned home. I lived in the UK um, from 2003 to 2006. And um, the typical thing when um, you're in the UK, Australians always get told that we get the Heathrow injection. So you land in the UK and we all drink too much um, beer and we eat too much and suddenly we all put on weight before we go home and uh, I remember that I came home and I saw my sister for the first time in a long time and my sister became very obese, um, probably in her 20s and when I saw her when I came home, she had dropped a significant amount of weight and it was at that point in time, I think, that I really felt self-conscious about myself because I had always been the taller, slightly thinner one than her. Um, and suddenly she was having these amazing results and looking fantastic. And I was struggling with the weight I'd put off on living in England. And that's when I suddenly wanted realized I wanted to make a change in my body. And I asked her what she was doing because that's what we always do. We always yeah. look at someone see what fantastic results they're getting and we want to know what they're doing and we want to replicate it and achieve the fantastic results as well. So when I talked to her about it and that's when I realised that I, I wasn't happy in my body at the time. And so I probably would have been about, oh, probably about 25 by then and... The thing that my sister was doing was a, a meal replacement, um, a, a product called Tony Ferguson, which was sold through a pharmacy, uh, very similar to like a boot mm-hmm. And it was, you know, a shake for breakfast, a shake for lunch, a little bit of salad and some protein and salad or vegetables for dinner. So a, a very, very strict regime. And um, I, I went on board with it and started following it.
0: So what happened to you when you were on the diet?
1: Well, I had significant results. I um, I went from probably a size 16 Australian size and dropped right down to a size, um, size 10. So weight-wise, I went from probably close to 88 kilos down to 69 kilos. Um, but what happened in that process was that I went on the program for longer than what really was recommended and I almost became addicted to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I was on it for, um, I think it was about 18 months and I was very strict. Um, At the time I was working in a call centre so there was always food around but I always said no. But it was like a dirty little secret that I had because I was always very careful not to let people see me having the shapes that work or not to um, tell people that that's what I was taking. And um, what happened was I it really started to affect my personality and I became a very dark person and I was very focused on staying strict to this regime. But at the same time, uh, my parents started to intervene and said, look, you know, you need to stop these shakes, you know, you you, you become uh, an unpleasant person to be around. I was just so negative, um, but I was so focused on losing all this weight, and I guess in my head, um, being skinny equaled being pretty. And, of course, this was being fed by the fact that people in the office were making comments on my my weight loss or saying how slim I was looking, and, of course, I was—I um, ha- I couldn't afford to go buy new clothes, so I was taking the clothes to the tailor and having things altered and taken in so that I could keep wearing them. And um, ultimately what happened was that I, I couldn't get off the shakes. I, I was scared to start eating properly again mm-hmm. because I was scared that if I didn't take them, I would start to put the weight back on. And that was a real... A mess in my mind, um, and, and ultimately I ended up, my, my father ended up taking me to the doctors and um, the doctor was very much um, uh, matter of fact and straight down the line with me and I guess maybe it was the fact that someone outside of my family sort of snapped me out of it. So it was a very quick step from it, but what I did was I stepped from taking these meal replacement shakes and I moved across to Weight Watchers because I wanted to learn how to eat, in in my head, how to eat properly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, Weight Watchers is all about portion control. Weight Watchers is, a, is about uh, eating anything and everything that you like um, but within moderation. And, and um, I was a successful Weight Watcher for about three years. Um, but, of course, as what whatever, everything happens is um, life takes over and you don't follow a program properly and the weight will creep back on. Did you and have any like,
0: side effects from being so restrictive with food? Did you feel like with, with me, I had my mind was consumed with food. I was dreaming about food and I started to really have bad side effects and became less of a person. Like what sort of things happened to you? What what was it that made you stop, um, or like fall off the wagon, if you like?
1: Um, with with the um when I was on the meal replacement uh product, it was my my personality. Um, and I was I was so consumed and so um, obsessed with these shakes and ha- um, you know, not enjoying life. I was would say no to invitations or if I went somewhere I would have my shake before I went and if it was the restaurant we went to I would order a salad because it meant that I was still on the program and nobody knew so um, I didn't I I don't really remember whether I was experiencing any side effects or not at the time but it was the fact that um, my personality was changing, and my attitude towards life and the way I conducted myself when I would go home to see family—that mm-hmm. it was my family that was seeing the changes in me. Um, for me, I felt I felt fine. I thought I was, you know, I had the energy. I thought I um, could—I was invincible. I was still going to the gym. I was socializing and um, having fun with people, and yet nobody knew what I was really doing behind closed doors. Um, Uh, it's amazing the different recipes you can make up with a little sachet of powder and a bit of water Mm -hmm. and make pancakes and muffins
0: so with the gym Um, what was your relationship with exercise like at the time
1: i think my relationship with exercise at that point in time was fairly moderate um i wasn't um where some people would eat something and then, out of guilt, then go and have to exercise for an hour or two hours to burn it off, um, I wasn't that concerned in that regard because obviously the meal replacement um, shapes and eating salads and that sort of helped to control it. Um, whereas, so I would, you know, still just do my average hour of exercise a day. Whereas, on the other extreme end. Um, only just probably two years ago was when exercise was my obsession over food. And um, this is when I got sucked into and um, got on the clean eating bandwagon mm-hmm. and the paleo bandwagon and the whole 30 program. And it was at that point in time that I would go to the gym um, and this by this time I had switched from gyms with just your um, stationary equipment to doing boot camps and um, what it gets called functional fitness over here using Mm -hmm. kettlebells and sandbags. And um, I would go to the gym and I would be doing training sessions sometimes up to three times a day, um, six days a week. I would do two sessions in the morning before work. Um, I would be uh, going straight after work. The importance of this training was so much so that I was actually sometimes getting up at 3.30 in the morning, going into the office to do a couple of hours' work, then going to the gym to do two training sessions, then go home, have a shower, go to a full day of work, and then straight after work, I would be back at the gym for another session. So it became this um, fixation that... If I was clean eating, that was fine, my food was good, but now it was about building my body and um, losing the weight that way or, and finding my strength. Um, I wasn't necessarily focused on um, trying to enter a bodybuilding competition or anything like that, but at the time, my Facebook feeds and my Instagram feeds were full of Fit photos mm-hmm. and all these beautiful bodies were clean eating and working out and telling me that that's all it took and I would get those results. But and did as you ever result,
0: get to your perfect body? Sorry? Did you ever get to what you felt was a perfect body?
1: No. No, I never did. Um, when I was on the meal replacement shape, uh, I guess I got to what I called my ideal weight and I felt... Skinny and slim um, because I could fit into a size ten in a, a name brand um, clothing store, um, but I wasn't uh, I wasn't um, strong and I didn't have um, you know the six pack or anything like that. And then if you look at when I was obsessed with my working out three times a day, uh, my body actually didn't like it because I did that for about six months and nothing changed. Um, yes, I gained some strength and muscle in my arm, but I again, I didn't gain a six-pack. I didn't lose the weight around my legs and my backside. Um, I really think because I was flogging my body so much, my body went no, we don't want you to do this. We're going to hold on to all of this to protect you. Mm-hmm. And looking back now, I think that's what my body was doing was um, going into um, uh, protection mode. Um, because ultimately, since I stopped all of that and changed to just doing gentle exercise, nothing has changed. My body
0: is still happy. Mm-hmm. So where probably you would have thought that doing less, you'd probably gain a ton of weight, you haven't.
1: Exactly right. Um, And I I think um, these days what I do is I try to listen to my body and think what am I enjoying and what am I going to get out of it. Um, Mm. You know, it's not much of a life to be getting up at 3.30 in the morning to do some office work before you go to the gym just because you don't want to miss the gym session. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I would feel bad if I didn't do that. Whereas, for example, this week we've had a, an extreme cold snap come through t- um, through Queensland and it's just too cold to go outside and I've been quite busy with work and personal things. So unfortunately I've only had one um, chance to work out this week and that was to go to a dance class. But I'm okay with that and I'm not beating myself up about it like I would have in the past.
0: So from the past till now, you've had a big transition and obviously Embrace was somewhere in the middle. Can you talk us through how you actually changed from feeling so negative about your body and doing all of the diets and and trying to get this perfect body to then being more relaxed and being happy and probably healthier in the body that you're in now?
1: Um, I'm a work in progress. And um, so, you know, I I, I still have my up and down days and – I guess the, the, the most liberating thing that Embrace taught me and has helped me to do um, is at this point in time I have thrown away the diet book. Um, up until October last year, I was still counting calories and my mind and my thoughts were 90% of the time consumed with how much I could eat, what I could eat, and what size portion I could have and to a point where I would plan out my meals in my calorie counter for the week. Mm -hmm. And if, heaven forbid, a birthday cake turned up at the office, I wasn't going to deny myself that cake, but I would be straight onto my calorie counter working out what I needed to suddenly drop out of my other meals for the rest of the day so that I could create the... um, for that piece of cake. So it might be cutting off half a potato and a slice of bread to uh, free up those calories. So I was always consumed with thinking about what I could eat and what was going to be available at my next meal. And then always looking for recipes that always fitted within the calorie count for the week. Um, But since I've um, discovered Embrace and as well as having seen the movie, I've also since read the book, is that I really think the most valuable piece of information from it is what are we going to think about when we're taking our last few breaths of our life at the end of our life? Are we going to be upset and disappointed with ourselves that we didn't enjoy our food, enjoy our life, and have that piece of chocolate cake? Or are we going to praise ourselves and think, thank goodness I didn't do that, all that hard work um, and restrictions has led to nothing. Um, I really think that's a big thing for me, is learning to remember to enjoy life. And as a result of Embrace, I now consciously try to think and look at my body as to what it can do. So... Prior to Embrace, as I've mentioned before, is I've always struggled with my legs. Um, I remember once getting a nasty letter at school from a girl saying, calling me Thunder Thighs. And uh, I've got hips and size, thighs, size, uh, size 16, while I've got a waist that's a size 10, size 12. So to buy pants was really hard. Um, but through Embrace, I've stopped focusing on that part of my body and been upset with the size of it and instead been really focusing on what my legs can do. And when I reflect on what my legs can do, they've allowed me to go trek the 10 tallest peaks of Australia in ankle-deep snow in two days, which is 56 kilometres. And it's also allowed me to enter a boxing ring and dance around the ring in a boxing competition. Oh, wow. And they allow me to get out and walk my dog on the weekend. So now that I've nailed that and I, I learned this technique from Tar and Fit to really just focus on what they can do not what they can't do. It's amazing that in the last 10 months how much I've changed my attitude towards my legs. Mm-hmm. But as I said I'm a work in progress. So now I'm working on and focusing on my arms and my stomach because I'm struggling with them at the moment, and so I'm trying to focus and learn to remember what they can do, not what they can't do and what they don't look like. Because and, you also um,
0: you got a tattoo, didn't you, on your legs? <laughs> yes. Yes,
1: I did. Um, I was a clean skin. I had no tattoos, and then in December last year, I decided I was feeling quite good about my legs, and I went and had, had embraced tattooed on the curvy bumpy soft wobbly spot on the side of my leg because when I go shopping for pants and I pull them up and they get stuck at that spot I'm not going to curse them but I will look at my tattoo and remember to embrace them for what they can do so it's um, really quite a beautiful reminder to have and I think that was probably the the big turning point for me was when I got that it was Mm -hmm. like yeah. My legs are pretty cool.
0: (laughs) And how empowering was it for you meeting Taryn Brumfit?
1: Oh, my gosh. Meeting Taryn was just, I was starstruck. I had the breath taken out of me and all my questions, all my comments and everything I wanted to tell her completely went out of my mind. And all I could do was just smile and say hello and then burst into tears um, because I had been living and breathing Embrace um, unexpectedly every day since I saw it in June last year because I um, posted it um, multiple times so every morning and every night I was promoting Embrace to people and telling people about Embrace and uh, trying to get people to buy tickets to it so to ultimately see the lady that I'd seen 12 times on the cinema screen, I was just in awe of her and oh, I just couldn't believe what a beautiful person she is mm. and how amazing she is in person.
0: Talking about all of the um, time and effort that you've spent on promoting Embrace and all of the amazing screenings that you've had, do you feel like in a way it's been part of the healing process? getting rid of all of the dieting and all of that mental space that was taken up with calorie counting and worrying about your body image to then pushing that out and bringing in all the positive and focusing on pushing the Embrace move in, helping other people.
1: Most definitely. I, um, I think if I had discovered Embrace back w- back when it was um, been a crowdfunded film and was still just on the drawing board, I don't know whether it would have had the impact that it's had for me when I discovered it when it was finished and ready to go live. And it really has um, been amazing because every waking moment, Embrace continues my thoughts and my feelings and um, my considerations of what I'm going to do for the day. Rather than worrying about my calorie counting and that, I'm thinking, how am I going to get this beautiful message to other people? And it really has been such a warm feeling to be able to share this film with other people, watch their reaction and share their emotions and then watch them walk away standing taller. And the biggest thing I tell anyone about Embrace is that the more you watch it, the new little pieces of information that you pick up each time are going to help you move forward on your journey. Because when you watch a film at different times in your life or when you're in a different headspace, you pick up something different that's going to help you conquer that issue that you're having at the time. And there's so many amazing nuggets of gold of information in Embrace that even just uh, a couple of weeks ago I just watched it again and there was something in the film that stood out to me more than it did previously and I went, yes, that's what I needed to hear at this point in time to help me keep going. What was it? And that's what What? I said. To be honest, I think it was during um, when she was talking to Hanan, um, who's the bearded dame from the UK, Uh, Hanan talks about, uh, not letting um, what people say about you put you down and stop you doing what you want to do. And um, I think at that time I'd struggled with a little bit of, um, in Australia we have a bit of tall poppy syndrome and quite often people will try to cut you down. And I'd had someone that sort of told me, you don't need to keep doing this, no one really cares. And hearing Hanan talk in that, uh, in that screening was the piece of information that reminded me not to give up Mm -hmm. and that that one person, their opinion is their opinion and that's fine, but I love what I'm doing to support Embrace and to support the body image movement. Um, Not only because it's helping me, but it's helping to get it to so many other people that need it and um, yeah, that was that little nugget of gold that I needed at that point in time.
0: And tell us about your role as an ambassador. (laughs) As an ambassador? Yeah, for the Body Image Movement.
1: Yes. So, as part of um, being a Global Ambassador, the the most beautiful part of it is that we're committed to um, supporting and sharing the message of Embrace, and as a result of becoming a part of that, I created a Facebook page which surprisingly just grew arms and legs by itself and became its own little monster. And I've ended up with over 1300 people following my posts on Facebook. And what I've learned through my journey is um, that sharing inspiration with other people and motivating other people on their journey not only makes you feel good, but helps them to go out and help other people feel good. And so I love being connected um, as a global ambassador because. It gives me that affiliation to something bigger than just me and it makes you feel like you're actually making a difference in the world and, you know, they say one person can make a difference but together we can make a huge difference and um, I just love the support that I can get from other ambassadors and uh, being able to talk to them and get advice and then be able to share that advice with other people in my community, and um, and people that are following me from across the world. So it's a really beautiful experience being part of something such um, so amazing.
0: Uh, and tell us about all of the videos <clears throat> that you've been making to help people feel more positive.
1: Oh, the semicolon Sunday. Yeah. Oh, yes. So. Um, For me, I discovered um, a little symbol of um, the semicolon where um, when you look at what a semicolon means in the English language, a semicolon is a pause in a sentence where the author could have chose to stop the sentence but they decided to keep going. And um, in the tattoo world and also um, just in uh, general, the semicolons become a symbol of hope and inspiration that your journey is not over so I really grasped that and then I discovered a symbol where it actually had three semicolons in a triangle and this semicolon indicated a new start and fresh beginning for a new year and that really really resonated with me because that's where I am I'm now starting the new step in my journey and there's a lot of hope with it and I um, I started thinking about how live videos were really taking off on Facebook and what could I do to contribute to people's lives based on my own journey and my own experience. And that's when I suddenly came up with the idea to do a live video every Sunday and incorporate three semicolons as three little points or tips or ideas from my life and I use it as a way of letting people know that I want to inspire them by my journey and motivate them to take action on their journey. And I also want to connect them with people so that they can achieve what they want. And if I connect, it can be with a professional, uh, whether it's a psychologist or a counsellor or a dance group or a PT or it's about just getting them to connect with people in their lives, whether it's their neighbours, their friends and their family, but also with strangers. I love connecting with strangers and um, doing kind things to strangers out of the blue, which helps me to feel good. So, I just do a little video and it usually only goes for about five minutes on a Sunday night, um, Australian time and it's recorded and then um, posts on the Facebook page for people to watch at a later time. And it's just whatever's triggered my thoughts through the week and um, about using that little bit of an insight to hopefully give people a little um, nugget of gold of information to inspire them to start their next um, week um, as it approaches.
0: So what kind of topics have you come up with?
1: Um. Well, I've covered things from uh, um, learning to remember to put your phone down and be present and participate in life, rather than us always being consumed on our phones and always worrying about what other people are doing and always looking at our experiences through our phones. So we're always got our phones out taking photos or small videos and wanting to post them on Facebook, put them on Instagram and share them with everyone that's not there, but... What happens is that we miss out on being present and enjoying that experience. So I've suggested to people, to try taking one or two photos and then just putting your phone away and just be in the moment. And um, other topics I've covered is I, I have a little saying that I came up at a little acronym uh, which I use, which is called Bet On Yourself. And the BET stands for Believe, Empower, Trust. So... I've had this acronym for a little while in my life about learning to believe in myself when I have ideas or thoughts or passions and know that I can empower myself from within to do anything I want. But we also have to learn to trust ourselves that we're making the right choice and the right decision um, at that point in time. It's the best thing for our life. So it's not about second-guessing ourselves, but it's about believing ourselves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and. Um, I, I think the other one, the most recent one I did was um, I had um, all of a sudden I, I lost a lot of followers on my Facebook page for one reason or another and um, I sort of talked about how we're all so consumed with please like me. Um, we can all see who likes us, how many friends we've got on Facebook and how many followers and we can see when those numbers drop and it's such a detrimental thing because all we want to be naturally in as a human is to be liked that we start questioning why why doesn't that person like me um, so I talked about um, how you could walk into a room of hundred people and 99 people will love you and think you're fantastic but there could be one person that doesn't like you and who are we going to focus on in that situation? the one person that doesn't like you, and we'll question what can we do to change their thoughts, what can we do to change their opinion of us, but ultimately, whether they like us or not is their choice, and it's not up to us to change their choice, uh, whether they like us or not, and so it's about focusing on liking ourselves and focusing on those that do like us rather than those that don't, so I, I just take little little tidbits that I pick up from podcasts or um, books that I'm reading and hopefully pass on something inspirational to others.
0: Which is great. And I was going to say, because obviously doing all of this output and you're always helping other people, when do you take time for yourself and what do you do for self-care? Oh,
1: I'm a Netflix and chill kind of girl. I love a good um, binge watch. I have a bit of Netflix and sitting on the sofa and uh, just, uh, I like to lock myself away at my house and be a little hermit for a day or two. Um, but at the same time, um, I have a couple of little dogs and um, I absolutely love getting out and walking them and taking them down to the park and um, spending time with them. Um, and uh, I, just, I just like to catch up with my friends or to read and, um, and a lot of the time I love just being on Facebook and um, channeling my ideas and passion to share with other people or finding inspiration, but um, yeah, I'm, I don't have a huge routine at the moment. I'm still working on my self-care and my own self-compassion, mm-hmm. um, but I'm learning. And um, the key to learning is also uh, about listening to our body and listening to what it's trying to tell us. And I'm getting better at that.
0: So, along, because I think I've been on my journey probably about the same as you. It feels like a year that I've focused so much attention on being body positive. And in a way, as I asked you earlier about removing the negative stuff, you almost have to fill all that extra space in your head because it can feel a little bit like there's nothing there. And who am I if I'm not trying to get a perfect body or if I'm not on a diet and working towards something, you can feel a little bit lost. So it's nice to have all that positive stuff to put in there and focus on. So obviously with um, things going up and down and you're putting out all this positive stuff, what happens when you're on a down? How do you bring yourself back up?
1: Um, How do I bring myself back up? I think the biggest thing when I'm down is I do know that moving my body does help. As cliche as it sounds, and we all hear it all the time, that you move your body and you feel good. So, you know, I do try to um, get on the treadmill or um, get out and walk the dogs. I also do other things like I'll, I'll draw a, um, a bath and put some beautiful aromatherapy oils in it or if I don't have time to soak in the bath, I'll, I'll use the oils in the shower and get those positive smells going. And um, I also um, I, I will jump on Facebook and I use Facebook because there is so much positive stuff out there and that's what we have to make sure we do is get rid of the negative stuff mm-hmm. that feeds those negative thoughts but if you find the positive stuff and 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 you can learn from other people that's a really good thing to do Um, I've been quite lucky I haven't been in too many funks since I discovered embrace but um, I I definitely know that um, one thing I love to do is uh, I will just put on embrace while I'm sitting at the computer and have it play in the background and get that inspiration happening and
0: and you're lucky that you're
1: able to have
0: that. I think in the UK we're not able to buy them till maybe December time. Which is a shame. Oh no. I've seen it twice oh. and that I feel like I need to watch it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: as soon as it gets out, Nicola, you you just need to watch it again because you'll what'll ha- I say to people is when you first see it, you get this rush of emotion and you just everything just That you've held inside of you suddenly bubbles up and you're like oh my gosh and you're you're wrestling with those emotions so that then the second time you see it is when you know what to expect but then you can focus on the content Mm -hmm. and the information and the message of um, those that are talking in the film and it's just amazing. And, I mean, the thing is I became, I guess I could almost say that I became so obsessed with Embrace um, when it was released on DVD in Australia. um, I got this crazy harebrained idea and I ended up ringing Sony who were distributing it and I purchased 150 copies of the DVD.
0: Wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But the cool part was that I had 150 people lined up ready to buy those copies. Well, what's happened since then is I've purchased another 300 copies and I've only got 100 left. So, wow. Embrace is just still going and it will keep going. Then. Everyone that sees it says, I need to get a copy of that for this person or for that person. And I've had people buy, you know, two or three copies at a time to send them to family members. I even had one lady that got in and said, I'd like 10 copies. That's my Christmas shopping done for the year, and
0: that was in January. Just hopefully the movie has the impact on all of these people.
1: Absolutely, and that's the biggest thing, and that's what um, drove me to keep going on my Facebook page after all the screening stopped was because when we see something inspirational and positive and motivating, we feel great, and we walk away from it going, yeah, I'm going to do that, and I can be part of that, and I can take that message. But if we don't work on it and take that inspiration and go forward with it, nothing changes. And in the end, it just becomes that, well, that was a nice film, but I didn't change. I don't love my body. And I think that's what was really important to me was to keep that inspiration going for people. That after they've seen the film and heard Taran's message, that they then go and work on their body and work on their mind, work on how they feel about themselves so that they don't just go, well, that was a nice film, but they can actually go, that film changed my life and this is what I did because of that film. Mm-hmm. And that's why I want people to keep being inspired by what I'm doing and motivate them to take action on their own journey.
0: But I think as well it's important to say that doing all of this work and watching the movie and everything, it's not necessarily going to make you love your body because I think it's a a mindset where you switch from trying to love your body to not even seeing your body. You just like living your life in your body, if that makes sense. Your body is functional for you. It gets you from A to B. It lifts heavy things in the gym or whatever it is you want to do with it, rather than looking at it from the outside all the time. And therefore you're never happy with it because you're always comparing to somebody else.
1: That's exactly right and that's one of the biggest evils that we have is that we compare ourselves to other people and that's definitely something that I know I did in the past is that, you know, I would compare myself to these little petite framed girls that were like a foot shorter than me and didn't have the broad shoulders and yet I would think, oh, if I I diet and lose weight, I will look like them rather than recognizing that They're in a different vehicle to the vehicle that I'm living in. And we do forget that um, we need to stop looking from the inside and uh, start looking from the inside and not focus from the outside in. And I completely agree with what you're saying there is that we forget what our bodies can do. And, you know, even though I've struggled with my arms and I'm still learning to wear sleeveless shirts, What I love about my arms is that when I get to see my family, I can wrap my arms around them, and and that is the most amazing embrace possible to have. Is there anything else (laughs) that
0: you want to uh, leave us with?
1: I just think that if you get the opportunity, make sure you go see embrace because it will change your life, just like it's changed mine, Mm -hmm. and that when you do see it, Don't just walk away and go, that was great, I feel awesome. But take that energy and go work on it and drive forward so that you can feel fantastic for the rest of your life.
0: And if they want help feeling fantastic and follow all of your videos, do you want to share with us all your social media handles so they can follow you?
1: Yeah, sure. So my Facebook page is called I Buy a Dragonfly. Um, and I also go by the same name on Instagram and I'm also in the process of building my website which will be dragonflycom mm. and they're the two social medias that I'm on. I, I just focus on the two. I, I find Twitter and Snapchat too confusing. I'm too old.
0: <laughs> I'm actually getting into Snapchat now and it's getting a little bit addictive. <laughs>
1: Oh, I might have to find you and
0: see what it's all about then. If you like this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave Nicola a review on iTunes. You can also check out the show notes and get other free content on our website, Fustillfit.co.uk. If you'd like to contact Nicola, email Nicola at Fustillfit.co.uk.